In today's text, we take a journey to a time that's 400 years before the birth of Jesus. And the temple has been rebuilt in Jerusalem after the Babylonians had destroyed it. The Persian Empire has allowed the temple to be rebuilt, but the walls are crumbling and they're in ill repair. Into this breach, this gap, steps a man destined for a purpose to serve God. His name's Nehemiah, and he challenges the people to position themselves to be used of God for this good work. I hope today you'll hear that same challenge in your own life and that you will decide that God has this good work for you as well. Thank you for joining us, friend, at Arlington United. Praise God. The setting is the Persian Empire, and it's about 400 years, four centuries, before Jesus is born. El escenario es el imperio persa, unos 400 años antes de que Jesús naciera. Judah, the southern kingdom, had fallen to the Babylonian Empire in about 587 uh, BC. It was about two centuries before. Judah, el reino del sur, había caído ante el imperio babilónico in 587 BC, those uh, hundred years before. Ezra, uh, the Medes and Persians, uh, they overthrew the Babylonians. You can read about that story in the book of Daniel. So the Babylonians conquered the, 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 the Judah kingdom, and then the Medes and Persians conquered them. Los Midos y Persas haben derrocado a los Babilonios. Puedes leer esa historia en el libro de Daniel, in the Testament, the Old, Old Testament. Ezra and Zerubbabel, the governor of the province, had uh, they'd returned to Jerusalem. They rebuilt the temple during the time of Cyrus the Great. This was 538, 520. Now, the history lesson is just a setup. Just hang with me. But this was prophesied by Isaiah in 712 B.C. in Isaiah 45 and 1. Isaiah had prophesied that a ruler named Cyrus would be anointed by God and used of God to give God's people liberty. It's one of the most astounding uh, prophecies of the Old Testament. Ezra is a rubabel el gobernador de provincia habían regresado a Jerusalem y reconstruido el templo durante el tiempo de Cyrus el Grande prophesizado por Isaiah in 712 AC. They were encouraged by Haggai and Zechariah, the minor prophets that you see in your Bible. Alentado por Haggio y Zacharias, prophetess. They now have a temple in Jerusalem. In this scene we said, they, they now have a temple. Ahora, elen un templo. So they have a temple, they have a place to worship. Notice, please, the order of reconstruction. I want you to pay attention to the order of reconstruction. They emphasize the temple before the walls. They built the place to meet with God before they, before they built the means to protect their family, to protect their herds, to protect their money, to protect their homes. The first priority was being able to meet with God. A place to meet with God came first, and then 
they offered protection. Can I remind you that James 4, 7 says, Submit to God, then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We have a number of people that try to build walls without building a temple. They try to resist evil without submitting to good. Facebook is full of people who have a lot of comments about what they consider to be evil, and they're trying to, to make a difference. But until we submit to God, we're no good to that world out there. Because if we submit to God first, then we have the power and authority to deal with evil. But if you try to grapple with the enemy on your own, you're going to lose. The church say amen? amen. Now I'm going to try to preach all that in Spanish, and it's going to really be something. <laughs> tienen uh, un templo. Ahora tienen un templo. Note de la oran. Enfatizaron un compañerismo sobre la protección. Un lugar para reunirse con Dios vino primero ante los medios para defenderse de sus enemigos. Santiago, uh, capítulo 4, verso 7, dice que, hey, que someterse a Dios, luego resistir al diablo. First we submit to God, and then we take on the diablo. They've got a temple, but the walls and the gates are ravaged and they're in ill repair. So there's a place to worship, but the walls and gates are broken down. Tienen un templo, pero las paredes y puertas han sido devastados y están en mal estado. Listen to what they were missing, Brother Mullins. Walls keep danger out. Now, I don't want to offend anyone today, but I'm going to tell you there are some things outside of this building that we need to keep outside of this building. There are some sins that don't need to set up camp inside this church. Okay? Everybody okay with that? Now, what about loving the sinner? Any sinner can bring any sin into the sanctuary. But before long, the power of the Holy Spirit needs to separate the sinner from the sin because we don't need backbiting. We don't need gossip. We don't need unbridled lust. We don't need abuse in this sanctuary. We need this to be just that, a sanctuary. And walls... Keep out the things that need to be kept out. They had no walls. No. Secondly, they had no gates. What do gates stand for? Gates are where you let your friends in. They didn't have a way to keep the enemy out, and they didn't have a way to let the hurting in because they had no gates. The gates for the J were burned up. You would know in the Old Testament that gates also stood for authority. And so their governance and their authority and their order and the governance of God was missing from their civic and their religious and their social life. This was a people in distress. So badly that, that Nehemiah said, we got to fix this so we'll stop being a reproach on God's name. Did you know that a church without protection and a church without welcoming is a reproach on the name of Jesus? A church that cannot keep evil out and a church that cannot welcome the hurting in through the walls and the gates is a reproach on the name of Christ. And I don't want to be that way. I want us to have strong walls and open gates. I want us to have strong walls with gates that welcome those who need us. Para Pereres mantienen el pelegra friera. Gates deja entra a amigos. Como iglesia necesitamos meros fuertes para superarnos del pecado. Pero también necesitamos fuertes para permitir la entrada de aquellos que buscan a Dios y están desesperados para encontrar esperanza. People need hope. 
And I pray to God that Phil is not the only one that's standing out there with a sign that says, you're welcome here. Now, he may be the only one with one of those blue signs because he wears a nice suit and y'all are going to have to be a good greeter to take his job. But I'm hoping in the spiritual realm that every one of you is on your heart got one of those signs that says, the gate is open where we meet with God. Everybody follow me? You know what I'm saying? We need strong walls and open gates. Into this scene of disrepair and difficulty steps a man who is divinely positioned to make a difference. In Estacina de la Mal, Estado de Difficult, Difficultad, Entra un Hombre. Everybody knows what that is. Que estaba divinamente posicionado para marcar la diferencia. Listen to me. God always has someone. God always has someone who's positioned to advance his kingdom no matter the circumstance. Feel the anointing and empowerment of the Holy Spirit today to tell you that God's always got somebody. But on today, you might be that somebody that God is trying to position to put you in a place where you can make a difference for those that are hurting. Dios siempre tiene alguien en su lugar para avanzar en su reino sin imputar las circunstancias. Nehemiah is a trusted advisor of the emperor Artaxerxes. Nehemiah is un consejero de confianza para emperador Artaxerxes. Nothing touches the emperor's lips without Nehemiah's approval. Not a toco las labias del emperador sin la aprobación de Nehemiah. He receives the report of the status of Jerusalem and it grieves him in his heart. He decides to do something about it. Recibe el informe del estado de Jerusalem en lo entristece y decide hacer algo al respecto. I want to pause for a moment and I just want to praise Nehemiah today because what I'm praying is that some of you will have the spirit of Nehemiah on you. What I love about Nehemiah is that he remembered who he was when the church needed something done. The covenant people of God. I, I said church, but the covenant people. You see, Nehemiah was born in covenant, but he was placed in a palace. He was born under prophecy, but he became a princely figure. And Jay, some people, the Lord blesses them when they're growing up, and he blesses them in their training. But some people forget where they came from when God's covenant people come calling with a need. I don't ever want to be a person who has achieved, I'm using air quotes, so much in life, who has enough education or enough health or enough job that I think that because of my career, because of my family, because things are going well for me, that if God calls me to do something in my community, that it's beneath me. Do you understand that he left the palace to come to a place, can I be playing here? He came to the dung gate, okay? It was the outhouse. That was a place where all the refuse of the city ran down. And it's a long way from, from the palace to the porta potty. But when you're Nehemiah, there's something inside of you that says, if God's got a need and he says I can do something about it, I'm going to forget about the palace because my heart is in Jerusalem. I wish someone today would make up your mind that when the God who delivered you from sin asks you to deliver someone else or to build something for him, that you're going to say, yes, anything you ask, it's a good bargain for me because you have saved me for eternity. You are my God and you're my Lord. You've blessed my family. I'm going to use whatever I have. Amen. I want to praise Nehemiah. Quiero detenerme a Alabar. 
habían más. Algunas personas olvidaron el pueblo de Dios y los principios de Dios cuando son elevadas posiciones de poder. Otros están ocupadas retro, uh, retrociéndose las manos que nunca llegan a usar sus manos para el trabajo. En inglés, it is some people, they hear about it and they wring their hands so much. Scott, they can't unring their hands to grab a drill and do something. Some people hear about something. Oh, it's, it's so bad what happened in Turkey and Syria. And they'll flip through channels looking at the images. And they're moved with compassion. But what if you just keep flipping and you never pray? I don't mean to be unkind, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to be nice here. But just putting a prayer hands emoji on your phone isn't really talking to God about it. It's not interceding. And I'm not saying that, I mean, a simple prayer will do, but praying is something. You ever heard somebody say, all we can do now is pray? That's what we should have done to start with. Prayer is never all that we can do. Prayer is something. But today, because of your giving, we can give as well as pray. We can care. We can reach out. You know, it's not enough when there's something to be done to just stand there and wring your hands and say, boy, isn't the country in a bad shape? Boy, isn't Memphis full of crime? Boy, isn't it bad that uh, African-American people and Hispanic people and white people don't get along anymore? Boy, isn't it bad that somebody's got a need? What did James say? If you see a need, do a work. If you see something that you can do, do something. Well, I can't help everybody. You can help that somebody. I can't do it all. You can do something. I'm not enough. He's more than enough. This good work is something that we can do. Somebody clap your hands and say, I'm willing to do something if the Lord wants me to do something. Nehemiah wasn't like that. Nehemiah wasn't a hand wringer. He was a worker. Nehemiah wasn't the guy who had his pinky out with a princely cup saying, I'm too good for that job. Oh, if they smell okay, I'll take them to church. But if they smoke, they can't ride in my car. I'll tell you something. Cigarette smoke actually gives me a headache. I don't like cigarette smoke. And I don't like body odor as much as you don't like body odor. And I thank God that you all today are beautiful, wonderful people, and you smell nice, you look nice, and you're great. But this is my testimony before God, and I'm as serious as I can be. If I ever get a vehicle that somebody can't ride to church in because that vehicle is too nice for them to ride in, I pray that God will take that vehicle away from me and give me a jalopy or make me walk because I don't ever want so much pride that, I, that I'm up there in the palace and I can't get down to where the people are that have needs. We need a church full of people that are saying whatever it takes to minister to those who have, I'm willing to work and I'm willing to do something about it. Amen? Amen. Nehemiah does something. He asks the emperor for leave, permission to build and supplies. He's a visionary. You'll love this. He's also a planner. Pero Nehemiah hace algo. Le pide al emperador permiso, permiso para construir suministros. Es un visionario y un planificador. Planificador. Pastor, you got a lot of vision. How are we going to get it done? Well, we need some planificadors <laughs> to help us <laughs> to get it done. He arrives, surveys the city. We come to the scene of our text that Scott read. Stayed there three days, didn't do anything. He just looked around. Oh, this is not my notes. This is where I get in trouble. But I'm going to say it anyway. Because I'm going on vacation. It'll take you all a while to get to me. <laughs> the moment you arrive on a scene, you can even have a divine mandate and you can have authority from the government. But the moment you arrive on the scene, opening the thing that's in front of your face 
and declaring something might not be the wisest choice. It might be wise to take a look around and see what's going on first. And Nehemiah was wise. Your problem and my problem is sometimes just as soon as we see something, we say something. That's what that TSA thing says. See something, say something. TSA rules don't always work in the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's wise to just take things in. And Nehemiah did. There is a time to say something. There's a time to have action. But Nehemiah was wise because he watched the people, Brother Jim, three days. He went out by night. They didn't even know what he was doing. And he rode around. These beasts he's talking about. He, he, he rode around and he looked at all the walls. And some places were so junky, the scripture even says that his mule or his horse couldn't even get past it. He had to dismount and lead his animal back into the city. The city was in a terrible state of affairs, Gloria. And so Nehemiah is, is checking things out. Eliega examina la ciudad, ciudad. Eliego y hermanos a la cena de nuestro texto cuando se dirige a la gente. Now there are five things I want you to notice about verse 18, our last verse. And my Lord, five things, we're going to be here to five o'clock. No, it's going to be quick. We've set the whole thing. I want, I want to show you what they did because this whole year, this good work is going to be our theme. The Lord laid this theme on my heart months and months and months ago. It's been stuck there and just fermenting. And the, the wine of the Spirit, just this good work, this good work. Five things to note. La mano de Dios estaba sobre Nehemiah's. The hand of God was on Nehemiah. I don't care how much you plan, and I don't care what Excel spreadsheet you got. I don't care how many people you got lined up. I don't care how many social workers you've got, or psychologists, or psychiatrists, or doctors, or bankers, or the mayor. If you don't have the hand of God on you, then your plan is not going to come to fruition in the way that you think it is. And I give honor for all those people. We're going to exploit every resource that we can, okay? Education, wealth, uh, goodwill, everything. We're all hands on deck. But number one, before anything else, Candace, we got to make sure that the hand of God is on our leadership. It doesn't matter how much I preach or how much we give or sacrifice if God's hand is not on our church because the needs of our city are too great for us to meet. So the hand of God was on Nehemiah. Number two, the influence of the king was behind him. La influencia del rey estaba dentro de él. The book of Acts says in Acts 2, 4 and 47, excuse me, 2 and 47, that they had favor with all the people. You know, it's, it's a vertical relationship. You've got to have favor with God. But if you are an absolute beast to everybody, and you cut everybody off on, I, on 240, and you yell at everybody at the grocery store, and you're the meanest person, and you never tip at a restaurant, you can't be Nehemiah because you're not going to have the favor of the people that it's going to take to get the job done. Everybody get what I'm saying? We need the favor of God, but we also need for people to see God's favor flowing through us to them in order to build what God wants to build in our city. Everybody get what I'm talking about? Some people, some people confuse haughtiness with spirituality, and they are really not related. They're really not. Humility before the Lord and holiness before the Lord go together, Mary. That's right. 
Humility and holiness, that's a match. Humility and, and holiness, that's a match. But holiness and haughtiness, one of those things is not like the other. So we play those matching games. The hand of God was on Nehemiah. The influence of the king was behind him. Look at this one. The people were unified. The people were unified. El pueblo estaba unificado. Unificado. They said, let us rise again. Let Scott do it. He's got yellow and black tools. Let Jim do it. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Let Roy do it. He's a preacher and he's retired. He must have time. Let Mark do it. He's tall. Let Rebecca do it. She's talented. She's an artist. Let Martin do it. He's a restaurant manager. Let the kids do it. They don't have anything to do. Let Rocky do it. He's a manager. Jay's got a degree. The Millers, they're established Christians. Understand what I'm saying? Let us rise up and build. Did you know when some heathens got together and had unity, it took God to come down and stop the Tower of Babel because they were united? What if a group of about 30 or 40 Christians made up their mind and said, we're going to do something for Jesus Christ this year. We're going to be unified. And I'm going to be too busy. I'm going to be too busy meeting a need to worry about if you sat in my seat or if my hair was combed exactly the way. My heavens, mine looks like a haystack. I look at the back sometimes and think, my God, I'm glad it's still there. But it's just out of place. Instead of worrying about all that stuff, why don't we just be focused on building together and get so busy working in the kingdom of God and doing what he wants us to do that we don't have time to bicker, we don't have time to argue, we don't have time to feel sorry for ourselves, and we just do it together. Who's with me? You want to work for the Lord? Amen. Posture themselves for work. Hand of God was on them. The influence of the kingdom was behind them. The people unified. They postured themselves for work. Say, poseron para el trabajo. I'm going to do a work for God. We hadn't seen you in six months. I'm going to work for God. Every credit card's max. You say, I'm too poor to pay my time. I'm going to work for God. Spirit of God moves through the congregation. Never a tear. Never a clapped hand. Never, never an eye closed. Never, you, you, you're checking your phone to see what the scores are. I'm just, I'm just preaching here, okay? Just preaching. We've got to posture ourselves for work. We've got to posture ourselves for work. They said, let's strengthen our hands. They postured themselves for work. The hand of God was on them. The influence king was behind them. People were unified. They postured themselves for work. And finally, they strengthened their hands. Every Thursday night Bible study, man, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's the last bodybuilder I know. Uh, I can't even think of anybody else. I'm done. But somebody really strong, somebody really athletic, uh, uh, Mr. James, he broke the all-time score record. This, this last week for NBA points. And the remarkable thing is that dude's been an all-star for 20 years. But Jay, the reason he can do that is because he probably doesn't chase bonbons with Pepsi and then eat four pizzas. He's been strengthening his body to do what he can do. If we want to do a work for God, we need to strengthen ourselves in the spirit and take on the fruit of the Spirit and activate the gifts of the Spirit so that we can do the work of the Spirit. How many is willing to have the right spiritual diet? Okay? Amen. You can still eat your Twinkies. I'm not, nobody get mad. But I'm telling you, in the Spirit, we need to strengthen ourselves to do the work of God. Amen? If I come to you this year and I say, man, I've noticed that anger kind of gets the best of me sometimes. Or, hey, I've missed you the last 32 Sundays. 
when you're not here. So it leaves an empty spot. If I say, hey, how's the prayer life going? Are, are you spiritual? How's your morality? How are things going? It's not because I don't have anything better to do. And I'm actually not an autocrat. I'm not built for that. And I hate conflict. So if I come to you and it's a hard conversation, please understand the Holy Spirit sent me there and he's been working on me for months because I'm a slow learner. Amen. But folks, we've got to position ourselves and strengthen our hands to do God's work. I love every one of you more than I know how to say, but we've got to strengthen our hands for God's work. This good work, three words, and I'll leave you alone. That's a lie. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to pester you until God has his kingdom in Arlington. I'm just going to tell the truth. I'm going to be after you every moment. I'm going to pray. Even when I'm not texting you on your little phone, oh, ding, there he is again. I'm going to be ding in heaven and praying that God will use every one of us to accomplish his work. God's going to accomplish great things this year. This good work, okay, i got to be honest. i got to be honest. It's going to be work. It's going to be work. I'm not inviting you to a pleasure cruise. Va a ser trabajo. No te estoy invitado en crucero de placer o para el día de spa por la tarde. It's not a spa day in the afternoon. It's going to be work, Rebecca. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to make you captains of yachts. So I'm making fishers of men. Fishermen stink because they work with fish. There are going to be some things that we have to deal with that we'd rather not. It's going to have to be inconvenienced from time to time to do the work of God. But what a job. And my God, what a retirement plan. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic. Thank you, Morgan. She got that. That's wonderful. Thank you. I only had three jokes. The rest of them know that. He didn't say if you're not worthy, you, if you let go of the silver spoon, but rather he said you're not worthy if you let go of the plow. You're kings and priests. And you're sons and daughters. But we're also servants. And there's work to do in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Anybody really, you're willing to sweat this year? Are you, willing to, are you willing to work this year? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to fast? Are you willing to intercede this year? Are you willing to give? We'll still let you come if you're not. I promise. We will. We want you here. We're a church plant. We like warm bodies sitting here and looking nice, smiling. But we need people who are unified to work and do the work of God. It's going to be work. Number two, it's work. But Alexandra, it is it's not just work for work's sake. Anybody have that teacher that just assigned homework on Friday afternoon just to be a stick in the mud and ruin your weekend? Just because he could or just because she could? You probably still remember that name. Probably still repenting over the things that you said about her and him. Because they just gave you busy work. Busy work for nothing. Probably didn't even grade it. Just threw it in the trash. Busy work. Evan, God is not trying to give you busy work. He's trying to give you kingdom work, and it is good work. You can make up a bunch of stuff you can do, and you can run around and run yourself ragged, but I promise you, Sheila, if you do the work of God, you'll find rest and refreshing for your soul and your body and your spirit like you never imagined because the work of God is good. And that's the same word that he used in Genesis when he made Yosemite and when he made the Andromeda uh, a galaxy. It's the word that he used when he, when he made gold and when he made silver and pearls and precious things. Good work that he does. And guess what? When he worked, he rested. When we work with God, we'll enter into his rest. I'm not trying to exhaust you today. It's going to be work, but it's going to be good. Anybody believe that today? Yeah. 
This could work. It's work. It's good. Here's a final thing. And I'll save it for last because I've got to have your goodwill to make this point. Because here's a sticking spot. If I said, do you love people? Of course I love people. Do you love children? Oh, yes, I love children. Do you want to do good in the world? Oh, yes, I want to do good in the world. As long as we keep it nebulous and abstract, as long as we keep it in the, just the, the, the touchy-feely, and as long as it's not specific, Jay, plenty of people, yes, I want to do good works. But if I say, could you go pick up Brother Jim? He's not feeling well today. Well, I, you know, I, 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 but, but, and then the list of conjunctions start, the buts, you know. Or, or maybe not, it's not a good time. Listen, I'm not trying to get control of your calendar. I'm not trying to get control of your checkbook. I'm, not, I'm talking about what the Lord asked us to do. But it's got to be this good work, Candace. At some point, at some point, if you're here and you're checking it out, just check it out. Just come as long as you need to. But at some point, if we don't show ourselves to be nincompoops and we actually show ourselves to be disciples, you've got to decide if this good work is where God has called you. That's okay, Landon. I'm done. That's probably the Lord getting real nervous. <laughs> May have been Scott blowing with his breath there. Somebody has a joke. At some point, you've got to decide if this is where you're going to serve God or not. Because a man without a home is a man who will not fight. A woman without a country is a woman who has no loyalty. And at some point, oh, yes, I, I want to work in the kingdom of God. Hey, could you be there Thursday night and help us serve? Well, I, I, I'd really prefer to work in the kingdom of God. Get what I'm saying? This good work is what God is calling some people to this year. I feel, let's stand together. I feel the presence of the Lord. Because when divine partnerships happen, the good news is, Jim, that he puts his power behind it. And he's going to accomplish some things in this city this year. Es trabajo, Martin, pero es bueno trabajo. Bueno. Porque es por Jesús. Es hora es ser específico. It's, it's, there's a lot of good you can do in the world. Willie, you could give it to United Way. That's a good thing. You could write a $20 check to St. Jude. That'd be good. That's good work. Not in, I'm not telling you not to do that. What I'm telling you is, when you decide that this is where you're going to plant, when this is where you belong, that this is your family, this is your church, and this is where the kingdom of God comes into fruition for you, Everything changes because you say this is where I belong. So bow your heads with me today. Lord, we're asking you to help us to do a good work this year. We're asking you, Lord, to do this good work in us. We're asking you to partner with us, God, and we're accepting your invitation today. And we're asking you, Lord, to do good works through us. As you truly prophesied greater works than what you did, we can do. If that's true, Lord, we're asking you to begin those works in us today. We are willing. We will teach a Bible study. We'll, we'll take someone to church. We'll make a meal. We will give. We'll, whatever you say, we're willing. If you will let us do this good work with you. We pray in the name of Jesus. 
Do you hear it? It's the call. It's the call of God on your life and mine. Just like he called Nehemiah. Nehemiah challenged the people to be unified, to help him in accomplishing the good work of rebuilding the protection around Jerusalem as the city of God. So we're called in our lives to do this good work of bringing to bear God's kingdom in our neighborhood, our home, our family, our workplace. Are you ready to answer that call? Are you ready to rise up and build and to do this good work together with the people of God to glorify the name of God? I promise you, friend, if you are, you're going to feel the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life to allow you to contribute to the cause. Thank you for joining us at Arlington United. Thank you.